Hello everybody, welcome back for this week. Today, Mary Sue is going to try and fight off a horrible hangover and go see her boyfriend. What time do you think that Mary Sue is awokened? I'm going to say probably um, late morning, early afternoon, like between like 11 and 1. Okay. And probably the noises of um, life. my roommate probably trying to find some food since <laughs> I'm not up to do anything about foodstuffs. There's probably a lot of fluttering and a lot of knocking over of things. Looking for food because their other roommate is sleeping from being drunk the night before and probably was very noisy coming in. Probably. <laughs> and sick. I imagine you are wearing the same clothes you wore yesterday. Oh, yeah. They smell like smoke from sitting by the fire. Smoke and barbecue. Smoke and barbecue. She's probably spilled a couple drinks on her. It's got some stain. Oh, yeah. She's a mess. Yeah. And she just passed out right on the bed. Thank God for grid guide. Is this a pass out shoes on on the bed or not quite that level? No, probably shoes on. Oh, man. She's going to be a fucking wreck. (laughs) Poor girl. Yeah. All right. So what what is she up to this morning, as we'll call it, because you're just waking up? She'll get up, probably go to the bathroom and maybe... Vomit. Get sick. Strip off these gross clothes. Maybe decide to just burn them. (laughs) Quick shower, just so she can get the grime and guck and buch off of her. And uh, head into the kitchen and... A nice black soy calf is probably the order of the day. Probably accompanied with some kind of headache medicine or something like that. Yes, something like that. I know some people think a greasy breakfast is the way to go, but no, not this morning. Can you roll your body plus willpower? We'll see how long you're going to have a terrible morning for. Mm, Not bad. All right, so I have an idea of things that are going to happen on a timeline outside of Mary Sue's control. Okay. So you just time skip me, like, step by step through Mary Sue's next bit. And I'll let you know when interruptions are made. Okay, so she's probably, you know, have her coffee. She's going to sit and uh, go through the comm link and see what's popped up on the me feed. Any messages from Valentine since he's sick. She'll probably send a message to Valentine. Asking how he's feeling well since he didn't come to the barbecue with her and, you know, all the things you're supposed to do. You will notice that Valentine has not made any posts since you talked to him last. He is not on his MeFeed or anything, no timeline updates, none of that crap. Do you think he was the kind of person that was fairly active on that kind of stuff? No, I don't think he was very active. He has not sent you any personal or direct messages or however the, the me feeds do that. And you are able to send him a message and you will not get a reply in the immediate time. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's done this before. He works. He's, I mean, he's, he's got responsibilities. Not that he works, but he's got responsibilities. So I'm not really going to think anything of it. Shoot one more message saying, Hey, let's try to get together tonight. She's going to get dressed and, I don't know, she's going to go somewhere. She, she she wants to find how to find a new fixer, but she doesn't know how to find a new fixer. So where would she go? I don't have an answer for you on that. <sighs> That's it. 
she's going to take a thank you gift to Scrapper and talk to him and get some info. Are you just showing up there or are you... Just showing up there. Okay. She'll stop somewhere and get like dog bones or something for the hellhounds. That's what she'll do. And then just show up. Okay. What time of the day are you showing up? Because I know that you are somewhat horrifically hungover. Yes. So probably around three. It'll probably take her a while to get up and decide what to do. Start moving. She could take some Nova Coke to perk up, but she's not going to. She'll say that if she's not feeling good when it Valentine messages her back about meeting up for that night. Maybe she'll take it then if she still feels bad. But but just to go talk to Scrapper, nah. Sure. It'll take you a little while to get over there. As you arrive, you'll see that the scrapyard is actually like open as though it is, air quotes, open for business. And when you pull up, there's a dial this comm code for service. Assuming that you then call him and be like, hey, he'll give you the message that I'll be right there. A few minutes later, he'll come through the gate and you'll see that he's wearing what you would imagine a mechanic scrubs to be. Mm -hmm. And he's got a towel over his shoulder motions for the door to go inside and then we'll get a big old troll sized cup of coffee put that down and then pour the the little bit that's remaining into a little elf sized cup Mm. and then he'll sit down sip for a minute before he looks up from it to look at you and I'm imagining a troll sized cup of coffee is basically those glass things you see in the diner that the waitresses bring around nope she'll take that coffee she won't put anything in it she'll keep it black just ask, you know. Uh, thanks for, you know, for that barbecue last night. It was great. I, uh, I don't remember much of it, but I think I had fun. No problem. It's good to relax every once in a while. Hmm. Was good. I haven't seen Boz relaxing. Well, ever. So... Yeah, it was it was nice, and and I guess you know, I think Chuck and I solved our differences, so that's good. And yeah, but uh oh, hold on, and she'll reach into the bag that she has and she'll pull out these big bones. She goes, "I brought them for the docks." How fancy of bones did you get? These are, like, nicely, like, seasoned, like, they're made for dogs. Like, they're, like, they're fancy. (laughs) They're big. They're fancy. They look delicious. You would use them to make soup stock. Oh, okay. So you didn't, like, go to the car (laughs) Walmart and buy one of those, like, rawhide bones? No. No, I went to the butcher shop and got a bone. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. He'll take them and put them, like, in his fridge. So he'll look back from the open fridge after he puts the bones away to you, see that you're kind of green around the gills, and close it. Thanks. I'm sure they will appreciate it. Good. Good. No. I just hope they don't chew through them all in one hour. They were pretty big. So, um, so I didn't want to just come by and say thank you for, for the barbecue, which again was lovely, wonderful food. I was wondering if you could maybe point me in a direction of where I would find another person that could give us the kind of jobs we've been taking because I don't want to work with Morgana anymore. He'll sit down at the table and lean back and get a little bit of a puzzled expression. And why is that? Well, I just don't like the way she treats us. I just don't like her. 
he nods his head to the side with a when you say that you don't like her. Marishu does not remember anything about what he told her the night before. <laughs> That's fine. That's completely legit. <laughs> she has no clue. Okay. He'll serious up a little bit and lean forward on his table, taking a drink from his coffee. Does everybody feel this way? She got a big smile. Well... Does it matter? I'm not saying we won't do business with Morgana anymore. I'm just saying I'd like to find somebody else. I don't think they would object to more jobs coming their way. I mean, we all need new yen, right? I'll give you a small nod. It was more of a personal question as to whether or not I made a mismatch. Oh, oh. No, no, Scrapper, you, you did us a huge favor in, um, introducing us and getting us, you know, who knows where we could all be dead for all we know, uh, by this point if you didn't help us. So no, absolutely not. You did the right thing. It's just, well, you know how she can be. I, I just, don't like it. That's fair. I could put out some feelers to see who from the old days is still around. But last night might have been a little too long for that kind of work today. Oh, no, I... I completely understand that. Um... But yeah, if, if you could just maybe reach out and, uh... I don't know, just just let me know. No reason to bug the others. He's going to give you the look of a father that knows that their child is up to something and trying to pull something. She'll smile again. Look, at some point, you know, they've got to learn to trust me. I'm looking out for their well-being. I'm trying to branch out. That's not a bad thing. And if I can bring them another good, high-paying job, that might go a long way. Right? So what kind of jobs? There's a lot of people that specialize in a lot of different things out there. Well, I think we do pretty good at just retrieving things. We've done that. Um... I guess we're good at at sabotaging things. We've we've done that. Um, what kind of other jobs are there? He'll look you straight in the eyes and ask, "How much would it cost for you to kill a person?" No longer be smiling. Look kind of shocked. Uh me personally, or are you saying any one of us on the on the team? Yes. Yes. Um. Well, now I I don't. Um. I mean, I guess if they were really really bad people, and maybe maybe deserving of it, one of us on the team might do it. But um. How would the rest of the team feel about that? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I would definitely want to discuss jobs like that with them. So how about we just kind of save those for later? Like down the line a bit, maybe. Um, I don't, I don't think I could, um, I don't think I could kill a person again though. If they were really, really bad, maybe. I don't know. Why don't we just put those on the back burner as a, you know, like if we're really stuck for a job, we'll consider it kind of a thing. He'll take that answer and just kind of absorb it. Is there anything else you want to get out of him or you want to just branch into a little bit of small talk? We can branch into small talk. Okay. So you guys will just pass into that for a little while. Mm Mm-hmm. 
probably starting to feel either just the slightest bit hungry, just because you haven't had anything, but not like food hungry, but like toast hungry. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing you want to get out of him specifically, we can just fast forward a little bit. We can fast forward a little bit. Okay. So as you're driving back into the area that you're living in, the little ancients controlled area, you're going to see a small pillar of smoke rising into the air. Um, do I have an idea of where that pillar of smoke is coming from? Well, let me ask you this first question. How close do you think Valentine lives to where you live? Well, he probably lives in the same area for sure, but it's not like they're neighbors. So I'll say maybe about five to eight blocks away. That's about kind of what I had in mind. <laughs> As you get close to your apartment, you will notice that smoke is heavier than an oil barrel fire. You know, sometimes people will be out on patrol, guard duty, that kind of thing, and they'll have a old oil drum there full of stuff, and they got a, a fire going. Yeah, it lets off a little smoke because it is fire. Okay. This is a heavier smoke than one of those and is in the direction of Valentine's apartment. So what better com pull up the me feed? Obviously on theirs can see other ancients in that and maybe they're reporting about something happening in the neighborhood. Check the social media out first to see if she can find out, like, what's going on. There doesn't seem to be anything on the social media about it. The people that you can see in the area, the ones that are full Ancients members, don't seem to be reacting. They're not like, oh, shit, there's a fire. Let me go run and help the people that are in your cast. Mm-hmm. They look a little bit more nervous but they are also not running around like, oh, God, fire. Quick message to Valentine. Hey, give me a call, like, now. How long does she wait before giving up on the answer? 30 seconds. At 31 seconds, you have still not received an answer. And I see some higher-up ancients around. Not necessarily, like, higher up, but, like, the people that are full members. Yeah. They're around. They're just, you know, doing whatever it is they do. There's a couple that are going to their vehicles and driving off down that way. There was a couple of people at the poorhouse that you have probably had to drive by. Mm-hmm. She's not going to get back in her car. She'll walk over to a group of them that are hanging out and just, you know, smile. And So, uh, pointing at the smoke, what's what's going on over there? They'll see you approach and they'll quite, kind of quiet their conversation. Not in the way that, oh shit, here she comes, let's stop talking at her. But you clearly have a look of somebody that is confused or puzzled. Mm-hmm. They will look at each other and give me either a perception or a judge intentions, whichever you feel is more important for reading these people. I would rather give a judge intentions. Sure. Seven hits of judgment later. You're going to get the feeling that what they're about to tell you, they're a little uncomfortable telling you, as if maybe this isn't something that they really want to share. But one of the guys, after a moment's hesitation of, oh, this is going to be awkward, he will say, oh, they're they're doing a little house cleaning down there. They got some stuff that they're uh, cleaning out of a place, and they're, they're burning some of it. So... Look at the smoke and look at them. And whose place? There's a very awkward pause again as they look at each other. 
the two guys that didn't speak up look at the third guy who now looks pale as if he doesn't want to go on with saying more. And they're like, well, man, sorry, we, uh, we gotta go. It's been nice talking to you. It's nice meeting you again, Mary. And the two other guys bail in a very awkward way. Leaving you with your victim here. Just, I'm not really sure, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who it was, but, uh, something not great because usually they don't burn stuff that often. So maybe, maybe some bugs got involved, like some bed bugs or some, I, I don't know. Not like bugs, like, ooh, magic bugs, like normal bugs that, you know, can't, can't fumigate them out of this stuff, so we might as well just burn it and get rid of it, you know? She's just gonna stare at him as he speaks. No longer smiling. He's getting those dramatic beads of sweat. And she's going to lean in with her very serious, hard look. He takes a step or two back from you before you even say anything. She'll register that. Still looking at him and say, Whose place is it? So with two net successes on your scary Mary Sue... He is going to take a couple of steps back and put his hands up in a defensive position and look around to see who else is watching this exchange. And it's going to take him a second. You can see the gears working in his head where he's like, oh, God, do I tell her? Or, oh, God, do I follow instructions or? As he's doing that, I think she pretty much has her answer. Okay. And I think she's going to turn around, get in her car, and drive over to Valentine's place. In your rearview mirror, as you look, you will see him, like, hand against the wall, like, Okay. And as you are driving down the street, you're going to see... That column of smoke, the closer you get, the more it seems like it's rated Valentine's. Yeah, she's just gonna, you know, go as fast as she can. If, you know, she's on great guy and she can't speed, I assume. But yeah, like before the car even stops fully, hop out and um, try to get up to his apartment. As you come down his street, you're going to see that right outside his apartment, there is a dumpster. And out of the top of this dumpster is the origin point for this column of smoke. Outside of the building itself, there are two ancient gangers. They are visibly brandishing SMGs. One of them appears to be one of the lieutenants. The other one is Johnny. And as you start to approach, they're going to notice you. You're going to see somebody coming out of the building. He is wearing those little booties you put over your shoes, a pair of gloves, a mask, and he is wearing a full-body, disposable, sterile work environment medical outfit. So she look at Johnny and say, like, what? What's going on? Where's, where's Valentine? As you close the distance to Johnny, he's going to look to the other guy and then start to come towards you, but, like, have his hand up to slow and to stop you. What is it that you see this guy carrying to the fire that you got, Valentine? A vintage T-shirt. Okay. An old concert t-shirt. Okay. Some. As you get to Johnny, this guy is throwing it over the top into the fire. Seeing that, she's now just panicked. Johnny, what, 
why are they why are they burning Valentine's things? You shouldn't burn his thing. Oh, start yelling at the guy. Stop throwing this stuff in the fire. What are you doing? The guy is going to see you because you're making a scene. You're going to notice that there's no other people around here. The whole street, everybody's like, I don't want no parts of this. Johnny's going to look back to the lieutenant guy who is standing there and seeing you make a fuss. And he's going to kind of wave him away for a second. He's like, Mary, Mary, just, um, um, so Valentine's been really sick, you know? Well, yeah. And, um, yeah, he's, what? Uh, it's, it's not looking good. Uh, I just, well, you take her to a a street dog. I I don't understand why burning his things. I don't. It's a little overkill, Johnny. Just let me in there, and I'll 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 take him to a doctor. He'll. I'm sorry, Mary. I I, don't... I can't let you in. Why not? Because we're trying to quarantine or just prevent any risks of anybody else getting sick. What if? <laughs> Johnny, I, I, I mean, I haven't heard from him since yesterday when he said he wasn't going to the barbecue with me, but uh, he didn't say what he had. What is it? What? I don't know. What did he have? Just hang on for a second. Je- <laughs> and he's going to look back at you and then start to take a couple of steps back to talk to his guy. Just stay in there waiting. A longer than comfortable period of time will go by. Like, this isn't a quick, hey, she wants to go in, can we let her in kind of situation. This is a him explaining the situation, the lieutenant listening to the situation, and communicating things back and forth. They're not having, like, an argument, but they're definitely trying to figure out what they want to do. And you're going to see somebody carry another thing that you have gotten for Valentine out of his apartment and toss it in the fire. So she's going to start, since he's walked away and is talking to somebody else, she's going to make her way for the door. She's tired of waiting. Is this the kind of situation where she's going to break into a run? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to need you to roll a reaction plus intuition because these folks are not surprised that you try to make a run for it. Johnny, being the closer of the two, kind of comes towards you and tries to grab you. You feel his fingertips brush against your shirt, your shoulder, whatever it is. As you run past him, up into the building. You will barrel past the dude in the medical outfit coming up the stairs. You're going to see that his door is open and as you come into the doorway you'll see that there are two more elves in medical gear kind of going through things. One of them has like a spray bottle of bleach and is spraying down things you wouldn't throw in a fire. Like there's a, a tridio set in there. It's all electronics, right? It's all plastic and metal and glass stuff that doesn't burn. You could have that smell of bleach and antiseptic and anti germs and stuff smell just kind of assault your nose as you come up on this scene. So this just isn't really registered. It's, it's just more confusion to her. She, she's going to try to go into his apartment. And if she doesn't see him, she's just going to try to move into the bedroom. Okay. Calling, like, you know, calling his name. As you come into the room, the two guys that are doing stuff, they're going to see you. You're going to get a couple of steps in the room, and one of them is going to pull a gun on you. 
as you hear from down the stairs people coming after you, including Johnny's voice trying to yell your name for you to stop, to just come back. She's going to still try to find him. Like, he's got to be in his apartment, right? As you brush past them, you're going to hear Johnny yell, don't shoot her. This guy is going to have his gun trained on you the whole time. His partner in the room is going to step back over near the guy that he's working with. And you're going to hear them come to the top of the stairs at about the time you reach Valentine's door and Johnny comes in the room. He doesn't have his gun drawn, but he's trying to talk you down. As she's moving forward and she hears somebody say, don't shoot her, I think at that point she's going to kind of look around to see, like, shoot me. And then when she sees somebody with a gun trained on her, probably right as she gets to that door... When she sees that, she's going to draw her gun and point it right back. She's going to say, I'm not leaving until I see Valentine. You will see the lieutenant come around behind Johnny. And he has his SMG ready. And it's pointed in your direction. Mary, Mary, just put the gun away. You put the gun away. We can, we can talk about this. Look, I'm sorry that... We couldn't explain things to you. It's this is a real bad situation, Mary, and nobody wants to go shooting anybody today, right? So I'm going to guess her back is to Johnny as he's behind her telling her this. She's just looking at the guy with the gun, pointing her gun, and it, it's visibly shaking. She's visibly shaking. She's... Johnny? Yes, Mary? You either... Show me Valentine, or we're all going to start shooting. All right, Mary. He's not here, but I will take you to him. Where is he? He's at the poorhouse. She'll kind of drop the gun a little and look at him confused. Why, Why didn't you just tell me that downstairs? I mean... Because the situation is very complicated. You keep saying, just explain it. I'm not an idiot. I can understand things. He's going to look back towards the lieutenant. The lieutenant gives him a look. You can see his eyes get the AR thing going on. And then Johnny nods. And then he turns back to you and says, well, would you rather I show you or do you want me to tell you? Because I'll take you there right now. Nobody has to get shot. Nobody has to get hurt. I want you to take me to Valentine. I want to see Valentine. She's dropped the gun down. It's not pointed at anybody, but she still has it in her hand. The other guy in the room has not dropped his gun. The lieutenant does, and he backs out of the way, and Johnny gives you the hand motion, like, come on, let's, let's go. She'll start walking out. A very, very awkward walk later, you will arrive at the poorhouse, and you will see that everybody inside gives you a very wide berth. Johnny opens the door for you. He's going to walk you inside. He'll nod to the bartender, who will open the door to the back room to like where the storerooms is and stuff. He'll come with you. When the door closes, another door like a secret passage is going to open and it's going to take you down some stairs into the basement. Johnny, why are we... Why is he in a basement? Is is somebody after him? No. The basement is a... It's not on the floor plan. Sometimes we smuggle things in down there and hide it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... We ask people hard questions in there. That she's going to just look stunned a bit and start going down the stairs faster. You'll get down the stairs pretty quickly. There's not that many of them. And you're going to see a hallway. And then there are three doors down here. 
the one towards the end of the hall, you can see a light on it. It's coming out from under the door. Mm-hmm. John, will like, just hold on a second. He'll go in his pocket to pull out a pass key. He'll beep it, and then he'll push open the door and stand back. She'll slowly walk up and just kind of crane her head around and kind of start to look in to the room. The room itself is lit very sparsely by some lights that seem to be along the edges of the ceiling and the walls where they all meet. As you poke your head around, you're going to start to hear the sound of some chains lightly rattling. The ground itself is cold cement with a slight slope towards the middle. The walls are just cinder blocks that are poorly painted over, and then you can see that some of them have some splotches of dark brownish color on them, and some of that has been repainted. In the middle of the room, there is a metal chair that has a person sitting on it. You're going to notice beat-up old jeans. As you look farther up, you're going to see that the skin that meets it at the waist is very pale and gaunt. Coming up a little bit higher, you're going to notice one of Valentine's tattoos, another one. You're going to come up higher till you get to his shoulder area, and you will see that its arms are up above its head. As you reach the head, it kind of lolls and turns to look in your direction, and you will see pointed teeth and cataract eyes. Valentine is a ghoul. Oh no. Upon uh, seeing that, and she's seen that before, one was shot on her. Um, she's uh, probably going to scream. And... Um, then just faint in the doorway? The scream that Mary Sue lets out starts as that of a terrified young woman. And as it goes on and her consciousness starts to fade, it turns into something more bestial, more animalistic. Louder. Primal. As she hits the ground, there's the faint sound of claws on concrete and she passes out. An indeterminate amount of time later, you are awakened in a similar room that you just saw. You're not bound. You're not restrained. Wearing whatever it is that you were wearing before. Um, so when she comes to, she's in a chair? Or just in the room on the floor? Or? Just a mattress on the floor. Like, no sheets, no pillows. Just She'll start awake, probably with a, a yelp, and kind of look around. And, and She doesn't quite remember how, when did she end up in this room. And she looks around like, okay, that the thing wasn't there. Okay, it was a dream. It was a dream. I just had a bad dream, but I don't know how I ended up here. Um, find a way out. Just find a way out. That's all you have to do. Find a way out. Looking around the room. There is very clearly a door. It's of the heavy and metal variety. There is no handle on this side. of it. There's no keypad on this side of it or maglock booper. going to go to the door, and once she realizes she can't open it from this side, she'll start banging. Hello? Hello? <laughs> you're not going to hear anybody, but you're going to hear a banging back. After a moment, you're going to hear the sound of a very heavy lock opening. The door will slide open, and Johnny is going to be there, just standing back. Jo- All right. Johnny, I don't... I don't... I don't re- remember what happened. Um, 
But you said you were going to show me Valentine, and so... Where is he? No, you you were going to show me Valentine, and instead you... You showed me... I don't... I don't... Something else. It wasn't Valentine, though. So... Where's Valentine? You said you would show me Valentine, and she's going to start looking for her gun. You will notice that you do not have your gun, and you do not have your comp link. That's panicking even more. Johnny. Mary, I need you Johnny, to... Johnny, you promised. I, Mary, I need you to be really calm right now. I know that... Have a seat. I'll sit right here, and I'll leave the door open. Not... This was a place nearby that we could put you until you woke up. There was I was right outside the door the whole time. And if you think anybody upstairs heard those screams when you fainted, they did not. Screams? Yes, you screamed and then fainted. So we, I put you in here on the mattress until you woke up. So she'll take a seat right there on the floor. Okay. In the doorway, so he can't shut the door again. He'll take a step back, hands off the door, and he will sit his back against the wall against the other side of the hallway. Well, explain it then. You you were going to show me Valentine. And, And I did. He... No. We're not sure where yet, but somewhere he contracted the HMHVV and he didn't make it. But. I don't know how. You don't know how? No. You don't know how? Well, where? We're not really sure. We know it takes a couple well, of days. You don't know anything? No. We. Oh. We. We found him a couple of days ago, like two or three, and he was in his apartment. He was not doing great. He couldn't keep food down. The light was starting to bother him. He was having problems seeing. So we got him some some help. Just to... That's when the doctor told us what was probably going on. What did the doctor say? And didn't, didn't you ask to see if... If there was anything you could do, I mean, I know there are doctors that, that do things to help. I had a friend that, that went to a doctor that helped her with, with, with that problem. And what, didn't you try to help him? We did. I don't, I don't know anything about this medical stuff, Mary. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm just a dude with a gun that does things occasionally. I, I don't know. Any, this is way above my pay grade. I don't, I don't know. So, so what happens? What happens to him now? He's going to reach into his back, and he is going to pull out a Ruger Super Warhawk. What? If in the next couple of hours he doesn't return, and he'll kind of point to his head, like up up here, I. We're gonna put him down. <gasps> what? It's not. It's not like some animal that you could just. You said though he can come back though in the next couple hours, right? He might. Not everybody makes it through becoming a ghoul intact. <sighs> but he could though. He might. We don't know. We're, we don't know when he was infected. We don't know how long it's been in his system. We're going to give it as long as is reasonable until we're sure that he's not coming out of it. There are people who live as ghouls all the time. There's other ghoul gangs. There's people who, the whole giant city in Africa is based upon ghouls and other infected people your your friend was infected and lived a, a fairly normal life except for the, the blood stuff 
So, so you're just gonna put him. You're just gonna shoot him if he doesn't. He'll look down at the gun and then shift his weight as he puts it back. Yeah. This this may sound strange, but um, um, I think I think I should be the one to to do it. Maria, you're you're not in the right state of mind right now. But he he was he was my my boyfriend, and we. We we loved each other. I think I should be the one that does that. So just give me the gun and I'll sit with him and you tell me what I'm supposed to look for. And if it doesn't happen, then I'll do it. He's going to look at you and then he's going to look down the hall. Johnny, don't need to ask for permission. Just, you could tell them you did it. Nobody's here. Just let me do it. He will pull the gun back out. He will open the cylinder. And he will take all but one of the bullets out. He'll put it down on the floor in front of you. And he'll pull out your comm link and put that down on the floor in front of you as well. And she'll grab the the gun. She'll leave the comm link. And she'll go down to that door that they took her to before. Johnny will get up, leaving your comm link where you left it. He'll come down. And he will just kind of say, sunrise is really about the the timeline they kind of gave us. And how long until sunrise? I don't know. It's funny how hard it is to see the sun from down here. So she'll look at the comm link on the ground. She'll say, well, set it. Set it outside of the, the door. And um, when it's a sunrise, just send a message. Uh, set it to make an audio sound. And that's when I know. Okay. He'll disappear for a second. And he'll come back and he'll outside the doorway. When you get to the top of the stairs, you will have reception again. Mm hmm. You can call me and I will open the door. Okay. But he will leave the cell doors open down here. Okay. So she'll stand outside of that room that Valentine's in and she'll just kind of look at him waiting for him to leave before she goes in. Yep, and he will leave. And she'll uh, hold the gun, kind of look at it in her hands. And um, she'll open the door and um, go inside the room. And she'll shut it behind her and she'll sit on the floor against the door and just look at Valentine. He very obviously sees you because he can, his head will track you. He doesn't make any attempt at speaking. I think for a long time she's just kind of staring at him and taking it all in. 
And she looks sad. She's probably crying. And she'll just kind of start rambling a bit. Like, so they, they have no idea how you got it. And they don't know who gave it to you. And they don't have a way to fix you. And they just are just going to wait. There was ever a time, honey bunny, for their, your leadership. It was, it was now. Because your, your gang, I don't think, really knows what to do. They don't seem to be doing much. She'll kind of just look at him, see if he reacts to her talking. So, so I, um, well... If you don't pull out of this, um, it's not going to end well. So I'm really hoping you pull out of this. You know, because you can you can still have a a life. It'll be different, but you could still have one if if you just if you just pull out of it, honey bunny. You can you can do that, right? And she'll just continue talking like that. She'll tell him about the the barbecue that he missed. And and about um, going and seeing Scrapper and going to get a new fixer because she just can't work with Morgana anymore. And and how her and Chuck had a fight, but how they they patched it all up and everything's good. And, and then she'll start telling him about that job they just finished and how hard it was and how she, she thinks she screwed it up. But they still got it done somehow. And she'll just continue talking to him about the most inane things that make no sense to talk about at this point in time. And she'll do that until the sun comes up. When your comlink goes off that the sun has risen... Nothing has changed. So she'll stand up and she'll get as close to him as she dares to get to. And she'll kind of bend down a little bit, try to look him in the face and say, Honey Bunny, I really, really need you to to snap out of it now. Um, cause if, if you don't, I just, I just really, I, Valentine, I really need you. I need you to just snap out of it and, and come back. Okay? Please? And seeing that he, doesn't look to be any better. She'll, um, she'll lift that gun up. She'll point it at his head. And she'll do it with one hand first. That's how she usually does it. It's shaking so much that um, she's going to drop it if she doesn't use two hands. So she she puts two hands on there. And she aims. And she says, Okay, honey buddy. I guess, I guess this is, I guess this is the best thing to do for you then. drop the gun and turn around and walk out the door accidentally kicking that comlink that's sitting on the ground 
She completely forgot about that. She'll pick it up. And she'll walk up the stairs. And when she gets to the top, she'll look back down. And she'll send that message to Johnny. Saying he can open the door. A moment or two will go by and Johnny will come and open the door. And in his hands will be a bottle of whiskey. She'll make a half-hearted smile. And she'll take the bottle. And she'll put it under one arm. And she'll take that ancient bandana thing off from around her wrist. And she'll look at him and just drop it on the ground. He watches it fall, but doesn't say anything. And she'll just walk out of the poorhouse and go back to her apartment. Or she will drink that bottle of whiskey with Margaret, who doesn't get any. She is very confused when you first come back. But as the night goes on, she will join you. As the night goes on, I probably am not sober enough to stop her. So yeah, she'll sit and drink with Maggie. Somewhere during the night, as your judgment becomes more impaired... Maggie will end up getting some whiskey, but I don't know what she's drinking it out of. Something cute and adorable, I'm sure. A thimble. Yeah, she'll get a little bit of this whiskey out of a thimble. And you guys will pass out in the bed. I imagine over the next couple of days that you're not going to be living in this area anymore. No. Okay. When she wakes up the next morning, she will proceed to start packing everything up. And um, she's going to, I don't know, start looking uh, on the grid, trying to find other places to live. Nicer areas. Sure. She would like an outdoor space. Sometime the next day, you'll get a knock on your door while you're packing or searching for a Mm -hmm. new place to live somewhere else. When you open it, you will see that there is a plain, simple box waiting for you on the ground. When you take it inside and open it, you will find that it is the gun that you used. With a small note saying that it was his. If you want it, you can take it. And it will be signed by Johnny. She'll close the box up and she'll put it on the pile with the other boxes that have already started to be packed. But once she gets moved, obviously that will become her gun of choice. As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to to do this.
come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. You know, we want to get bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh, tell your friends. You know, that's the easiest way to to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to drone on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph, sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. Music and sound effects are provided by Sirenscape, and I don't think I need to add anything else, so...